I was like, you know what? I have like 10 different artists. Like I can start, you know, making this into my own thing. So I just kind of took a chance and did it. Um, you know, I was lucky to have clients when I left Def Jam uh, to do this with. Um, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have a business plan. I was just kind of like, let me just see what happens. Um, you know, in the back of my head, it's like, I can always go back to a label or a management company or a tech company if needed, you know? Um, but I didn't give that too much thought of like, what happens if it doesn't succeed? I was just kind of like, how do I make this work? That was more of my mindset. Um, what can I do to make this work and make this really like succeed? Our guest today on The In Factor is Jasmine Valencia. Jasmine started her career as a media intern for Island Def Jam Music Group in 2007 and a few years later became their director of digital marketing. Today, she is the president of the New York and LA-based music and management firm, JV Agency, which she founded in 2015. Since she started the company, she has been featured in Forbes magazine and has worked with artists such as The Killers, Fall Out Boy, Avicii, and Shawn Mendes. Using technology as a catalyst for positive change, JV Agency helps musicians develop a platform to connect with their audience. Today, Jasmine and I talk about how her love of music led her to an entrepreneurial journey where she helps musicians build their brand and make money while they pursue their passion. Well, Jasmine, thank you for joining me today on The In Factor. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to hear your story. I love musicians. Uh, I play the piano, but not very well. Uh, but I still enjoy it. I'm passionate about it uh, as a hobby. And I'm really excited to have an entrepreneur musician on today. And uh, so you started as an intern at Island Def Jam Music Group. And then you became the marketing director. And then a few years later, um, started your own company. And so this podcast is all about entrepreneurs. And so I'm really curious to find out um, how you got to um, this point of, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur. You, you started JV Agency, I think, um, uh, about the 2015, I think it was. And uh, so you've been doing this for a few years. You're a proven, successful entrepreneur. So I'd love to hear how you got into this. Was it a love of music or was it, um, you know, is music just the vehicle to be an entrepreneur? Um, how did this all happen for you? Uh, it's definitely the love and passion for music. I always grew up surrounded by music. My dad plays the drums. Um, so he would always have a drum kit around the house and he would always play the drums. and I always felt that I wasn't very musical myself. Um, like I can't sing or perform. I can't really play the drums very well. Like I can try, uh, but I was just always surrounded by music and I always loved music. And so growing up, I would go, my dad would take me to shows as much as possible. Um, and I somehow always would end up making friends with the tour manager or, you know, somebody that was in charge of doing something at the show. And, you know, when I got a little bit older, I ended up backstage hanging out with the bands and, and, and whatnot. Um, but I never realized I could make a career in music because I always just thought it was like the musician, which is what you see as a fan. You only see the musician part of it. You don't see the whole industry and business part of it. 
Um, so basically what happened is, you know, I thought I was like, never thought, gave that a thought about a career. I was like, I'm going to go to law school because that's what I thought I wanted to do. Uh, so, you know, went to get my degree and I got a bachelor's in finance and international business. And my next step was to go to law school. And, you know, I thought I wanted to be a corporate lawyer. Um, so I started law school. It was the semester before you like really start taking, you know, your fall start. And it was just like a pre-summer type of class. And I found myself just kind of getting bored by the material. And I was like, it comes easy to me, but it's just a little bit boring. I like lack the creativity factor. And a good friend of mine, she's like, I just saw this MBA program that is focused in the music industry. And what was interesting is that the school had offered one focusing on the sports industry, which totally makes sense. Um, and they were branching out into music and entertainment. Uh, so when I looked at the curriculum, I talked to, you know, the guidance counselor at the school, you know, the advisors, everybody. I was like, wow, this is really interesting. I didn't realize there's a whole music industry that the business part of it is so big. There's so many avenues. I'm like, let me give that a try. And, you know, in my head, I was like, if anything, at least I'll have an MBA by the end of it. It'll be sure focus in entertainment, but at least it'll be an MBA. Uh, so I haven't wasted my time entirely. <laughs> uh, and then I always said, I'm like, if anything, law school will always be there for me also. So I can always pivot back to law school. <laughs> so as a, as a backup, backup. <laughs> and um, so I started doing the master's program and, and, you know, during the first year, I, you know, it's like, okay, how do I get a job? Like once I'm done, like, what do I need to do so I can start working on it now? And my advisor is like, you need to get an internship. That's the best way to get a job. So I started looking at where some of my favorite artists were signed to. Like I kind of, by then I had figured out how it works with the label system. You know, I had researched and kind of really done my homework. And a lot of the favorite artists that I was listening to at the time were signed to Island Def Jam under Universal. Universal Music Group. And so I applied for an internship for the summer, my first summer during my MBA program. I got the internship, went to New York for the summer, interned at the, at the time it was called New Media, which now we know as digital marketing, um, but at the time it was called New Media. And I interned for the summer there and it was the best summer ever and haven't looked back ever since. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, you know, working, I, I'm an educator and I work with a lot of students and internships are a fantastic way to find your way um, into a career. And they can also help inform you as to whether or not you, you love it. So I'm really curious, you, you decided, I guess, that you loved being in the music industry. Talk, talk about that a little bit. What, what is it about the music industry? Obviously, being around musicians is probably something you love, especially, um, you know, growing up with that. But what else is it about the music industry that makes that field unique? Um, I think for me, the main thing is how you can literally be, and now that I've experienced it so much more, but you can be in a room and you sit there with an artist and I just watch them create this amazing, beautiful work of art, right? Literally from like scratch, from thin air, <laughs> you know, just from their head and, you know, just sitting there, somebody starts writing, you know, the melody and they get the, the keys on the guitar. And then at the end of a session, sometimes longer than just a day, but you know, by the end of the session, you have this beautiful, amazing song with wonderful lyrics. And 
it's so interesting that once the song is out for me my job is to get you know get it out to as many people as possible to listen to it and it's amazing how many people can relate to a lyric or a song for something that they haven't experienced the way the writer did but it, they, it still makes sense and they can still relate to it and they love it and you learn it and even now i'm sure if you listen to a song that you haven't heard in like a long time but you love it you remember the lyrics and you can sing along with it and it, it just stays with you like no matter how long it's been since you've listened to it uh so for me all those things like combining them is really cool and then i get to be creative with the marketing um and you know i didn't know this at the time as i was starting because you know it was new media like all the technology that has come since it's so interesting to use technology with creating you know being creative and just coming up with different ways to just get everything out to the masses um so now it's become a combination of everything i get to like be on the tech forefront of things i get to still be creative i get to be around really creative and talented people um and it's still super fun and you know you kind of like make your own path as to what you want to do so that's kind of why <laughs> yeah you know music uh, music appeals to people on so many different levels and it can bring back memories it can um you know put you into a certain frame of mind and totally change uh, your perspective on the day and the moment. So there, there's a lot that's really cool about music. I agree. And so as, as someone, you, you found your way um, into a marketing director position. So you brought up that, you know, you really love the marketing side and helping these musicians get their music out. And then you also brought up the tech side. So marketing today does involve a lot of technology. Let's talk about that just a little bit. Uh, you know, you've been doing this for a few years because I think it was more than a decade ago, really, that you were promoted to marketing director um, with um, Island Def Jam Music Group. So what has changed over the last 10 years um, or 11 years in marketing, and especially as it relates to technology? I think that's a really fascinating, interesting area. Yeah, I agree. I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because it's, it's kind of a lot has changed, but at the same time, it's still the same where you have these big tech companies whose job is to get users to use their platform. That's all it is, right? And we have seen the iteration of that. You know, we started with MySpace, you know, Facebook, and then along the way, there's been all these other ones, Vine. And so you have all these tech platforms that we use to market and, you know, get the word out there, of whether it's music or any type of product. Um, but the job of the tech company is to get as many users as possible, make the platform as sticky as possible for the, everybody to keep coming back, and then our job is to use every tool possible that we have with these platforms and get our fans there and talk to them. Um, so that had really hasn't changed because from when I started, I started with MySpace and our job was like, hey, let's get everybody to know that this artist is on MySpace, right? And drive all the traffic there. Um, and now we're doing the same thing with TikTok, right? It's like, let's get everybody to go follow the artist on TikTok. Uh, so that hasn't changed. What is interesting is, um, the how easy things are now you know we were um it's grammy week here this week in la so i was at a panel yesterday where it was a a dj who's like i remember when i started i used to make cds <laughs> you know and now he's like literally i have my laptop i can make a song you know tonight and it can be out into the world tomorrow it can be distributed across the world in every platform 
so the easiness of the things that we can do now thanks to technology it's amazing you know we don't have to like manually make something now or like hand write things out you know we can literally click a button and it can reach the world so that's been amazing you know with technology um but in the marketing sense it's still the same formula where like we're trying to drive people to a certain location whatever that location might be um and that's across really any product you know if you have an e-commerce store right you're trying to drive traffic to that e-commerce store you know amazon's the same thing um you know you just want users to come use your platform at the end of the day yeah you know it's always for musicians i I think and artists well musicians in particular about building a community um you know Back when I was young, we went to concerts and they were pretty affordable back then. Uh, unlike today, they're pretty expensive now. But, you know, it, it, it's about building a community and it's become so important, I think, for everybody uh, and every business to be thinking about how you build that community. And we do a lot of that with technology. And a lot of that of the marketing is about those loyal listeners, followers, uh, people engaging with us. And uh, I love that you mentioned that it's become so much easier. Um, you know, it can be a challenge at least to learn some of the, you know, the tools, uh, but they, they are way simpler than ever before. And it kind of has leveled the playing ground, I think, for so many people to become entrepreneurs. And it's partly why I think we see so many people starting businesses, even on the side, uh, while they're working somewhere else. Um, now, in your case, did you leave your company and and start your business, or did you work for a while on it as a side hustle? And 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 how did that whole transition happen? Because I think, if I remember the years correctly, you were a, you became a marketing director in about 2012, and then in 2015 started your your own company. So how did that transition work for you? Was that scary? Um, you know, how did you make that work? Yeah. So for me, it was quite interesting because, um, you know, when I, when I graduated school and I got the, you know, official job at Island FGM and I moved to New York and all that stuff, I, you know, I started meeting, of course, being in the industry, you start meeting a lot of artists, a lot of other people in the industry. Um, and the people that I was working with artists or managers alike, they would always say like, Oh, not to my own horror, but there was like, oh, jazz is great. Like you should talk to so-and-so. So they would always introduce me to other people just because they liked what I was doing. Um, so over the years, people when even when I was working at a universal, people would always reach out to me and ask, um, you know, ask like, hey, can you do this? Like kind of like on the side. And in the music industry, it's very common for people who work at labels and whatnot to have like a side job. Um, so I would do that just on the side. Um, and it would it would be, you know, Platinum selling artists that they were like, hey, I have this project. Can you help me out? You know, on the side, it's like, you know, as long as there wasn't a conflict of interest with my current artist, it was no problem. So I would always do that. But I never thought I was going to like, you know, have my own company doing it. Um, And the reason it kind of happened was during, I guess, 2014, I believe. Um, Don't get me, don't quote me on the years. But uh basically, Island and Def Jim split up as labels. um, And they also like the roster kind of shifted around. Um, you know, there was like a restructure of the company, you know, as it happens with many organizations. Uh, and a lot of the artists that I had worked with for a long time, they had also got reshuffled to different labels. So they started coming to me being like, hey, Jazz, 
you know, my single comes out next Tuesday. Can you help me out? My single comes out this, you know, I can you do a Shazam campaign? Can you do this campaign? Um, so little favors here and there with artists that I, you know, like I worked with all the time. So, and they didn't have the right help that they needed at the time. So I, before I knew it, I was doing that for like 10 different artists, like on a consistent basis. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? I have like 10 different artists. Like I can start, you know, making this into my own thing. So I just kind of took a chance and did it. Um, you know, I was lucky to have clients when I left Stuff Jam uh, to do this with. Um, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have a business plan. I was just kind of like, let me just see what happens. Um, you know, in the back of my head, it's like, I can always go back to a label or a management company or a tech company if needed, you know, um, but I didn't give that too much thought of like, what happens if it doesn't succeed? I was just kind of like, how do I make this work? That was more of my mindset. Um, what can I do to make this work and make this really like succeed? And before I knew it, yeah, I was doing it for so many artists. I had to get somebody to help me because, you know, I hired my first employee um, just because it got really busy. And luckily, you know, it's been busy ever since. <laughs> now, um, so did you, you moved actually, right, for this? Uh, so you went from New York to L.A., is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, that that transition, you know, so I started JV Agency in 2015. And then a couple years later, I would say around 2017, a lot of my artists that I was working with were here in LA. Um, so I ended up coming here a lot because of that. So I started to be really bi-coastal. Um, so I was bi-coastal for a couple years, I would say 2017, 2018. And then 2019 came around and um, I realized I was spending more time here in LA than in New York. <laughs> uh, so, so 2019, um, I opened an office here in LA and then of course 2020 COVID happened. <laughs> so then we just stayed here. <laughs> yeah. And I was just thinking, uh, what, what did the, what did COVID do to the music industry? So how did that change what you do with artists and for artists and um, you know, how, how did that, how did that go for you? That time period? It was, um, you know, it was obviously bad for the obvious reasons. Uh, but in a way it was really good because it really put into perspective for every artist, how important digital and social media really are for an artist's career. Um, you know, because like you were saying before, like before you had shows to connect, right, that all got taken away from us. Um, so literally, you know, my job before that was to get artists to like really focus on their digital platforms and be able to communicate with fans. And, you know, artists know that it's important, but most of them don't like doing it. And, you know, they like, you know, they're like, I'm not a content creator, I'm a musician, so they don't prioritize it. Then 2020 comes where that's literally the only thing we had to communicate. Like that was our only tool. Um, so it really showed artists how important it is to be active in social media, to have a relationship with your fans, to have that two-way communication, um, because that was the only thing we could do. We couldn't do anything else. We couldn't go in person to shows. We couldn't do anything else. So, so that was in a way helpful because a lot of artists realized how important social media really is at the end of the day, right? It's a tool that we have that we didn't have, you know, 30, 40 years ago that now we have and kind of have to use it. There's no real way around it. It's kind of here to stay, you know, as far as we know. So, so that was an interesting kind of like perspective that a lot of artists didn't realize until kind of COVID forced them to realize that. 
Um, so that was very helpful. It was definitely a lot busier for us because everybody, all they wanted to do was online things, right? There were so many live streams, so many live concerts, anything that you could do on the computer, online, on your phone. Every artist wanted to do it and try it. Um, so we got, you know, we were extremely busy because it was just online, online all day long. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, we, we, we also do like a lot of in-person events, album release parties, shows, showcases and stuff like that. Of course we couldn't do any of that. Um, but we just find a way to pivot and how to bring those in-person events online and make them successful. So that's kind of how we pivoted towards, you know, during COVID. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing as we look back at it now. I mean, so many so many indus- industries had to rethink how they were operating, and um, and and so the successful entrepreneurs, the ones that were still in business and even growing during this time, were the ones that figured out how to do that. And it sounds like you did, and kudos to you. And and I know it was a it was a hard time for many many. Uh, many, many businesses. And um, those that survived were the ones that were able to, as you said, pivot and make the changes necessary. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, building and growing your business. Did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Is this something that um, you mentioned that, you know, you started with a client here, a client there, which I think is a great way, by the way, to start a business, to build it, you know, with the, uh, and, and on the you know on customers um, and 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 actually not I don't know if you had to go and raise money uh, but you know to be able to build it with sales and customers is it's a really powerful way uh, because you're validating your product right away right out of, right out of the gate um, so let's talk about that a little bit you know what the you know and maybe for our audience what do, specifically do you do um, you know you you've sort of talked about how you help businesses or how you help musicians get their music out but what does that look like and um, you know what is what does your company do and and what does your company look like now you mentioned that you've hired employees and um, you know um, tell us a little bit about the, the size and scope and and kind of what your company looks like 10 years in in this space yeah. Um, so, so what we do is we work with musicians and we basically help them with their marketing. That's like kind of like the big general picture. Um, so for us in 2023, their marketing mostly means online. Um, we also do things offline and in real person, like I was just mentioning the shows and album release parties, etc., because that's part of the marketing plan. Uh, but our main focus is growing their platforms online, growing their community online growing their audience online um, and created, you know, creating their fan base. And we do that through, you know, social media is a big part of it. Um, of course, because they're musicians, you know, we're on platforms such as Spotify, YouTube, where they have music videos and, and things like that. Um, and we're just trying to grow their fan base. So when there's, um, you know, when there's a single release or an album release or a tour, you know, we just maximize that as much as possible. So our services include anything from, advertising to grow under Spotify, just getting them the maximum exposure that we can using the tools. Um, and each artist is so different, so it varies per artist, but essentially the goal is to maximize, you know, their fan base and grow their audience. So that's kind of like our general headline. Um, so that's what we do. And we work with artists of all sizes, all genres, uh, which is really fun because you get to 
work with the superstars that kind of have it already, but it's still a lot of, you know, loose ends that you have to do. And then you have the up and coming ones where you're literally starting from scratch. So it's also to see, great to see them grow. Um, so we work with a little bit of that. And, um, and then the, the structure is basically, yeah, I have a team, uh, which, you know, I've been lucky to grow over the years. I was lucky to grow during COVID as well. Um, so, you know, we've just been growing. I, you know, I didn't raise any capital. Everything has been, like you said, based on, on sales and our clients, um, which has been great. Um, and, you know, thankfully year over year, we, we're, we keep growing. Uh, we keep getting bigger artists, you know, that want to work with us, which is great. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun time to be in the industry for sure. <laughs> yeah, that that's wonderful. And congratulations on your growth and, and uh, all the opportunities that you've been able to take advantage of and are creating uh, as you build your company. Let's talk a little bit about uh, mentors. You mentioned your father was a musician. Um, did you have mentors in the music business side of this or did you develop relationships and, and um, you know, did, were those helpful to you and, and how have you managed to, to maximize maybe those relationships, if so? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think one of my biggest champions has definitely been my father. Um, he was a musician. He was actually a drummer who was in a successful band, but when he was like 15 uh, in, in Europe. Uh, so so I wasn't more on the business side because he just, you know, by the time I was around, he, was, he didn't do that as a career. He just always did it for fun. Uh, but he's always been supportive, you know going from like sure if you want to go to law school go to law school and then I was like okay you want to change sure why not you want to move to New York sure uh so he's definitely been supportive and just supporting my dreams and being being very supportive as to what I want to do uh but as far as mentors in the music industry I've had some um you know early on one of my bosses at Island Def Jam you know he became my mentor and we have our same initials JV different names but uh but we joke he jokes that I'm the original JB uh because <laughs> so so he's been a great mentor you know I, you know we still talk you know he's back on the east coast I'm here um you know he's been really helpful just kind of guiding me and advising me on things he's been really great um so yeah I think I would consider him my main mentor um in the music industry yeah <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, you know, one of the things that really differentiates um, successful entrepreneurs, those that last like you more than a few years, um, is the ability to overcome those times when you feel like giving up or when you run into huge obstacles. So along the way in building your company, Jasmine, has there been a moment when you thought about giving up or was there a time that, you know, was there you know, a failure or a challenge that you had to persevere through? And if so, um, how did you deal with those times? Yeah, I think um, for me, the only time I've thought about like, hmm, should I still be doing this is when I've been approached by a bigger company to possibly work there. And I'm like, hmm, is this maybe the path that I should take? Because it's something that I hadn't thought of before. And obviously, it's different. And the pressure won't be on me the way it is, you know, the way it is now, because I'm responsible for other people. Um, so that's when I the times where I thought about it, like, hmm, I wonder what my life would look like if it was if I was doing that instead. Um, and, you know, I always come back to like, I really enjoy what I'm doing now. And like, kind of like, if it's not broken, why fix it? <laughs> you know, so I'm like, let me not change it. Um, and, you know, for, as far as failures, you know, I like to think of them uh, more as lessons. 
Um, you know, when things don't go my way, I don't necessarily think about like, oh, I felt at that. It was just like, what can I learn from that? And how do I learn something so it doesn't happen again? Or so next time it happens, it can be better. Um, and, you know, with, with working with artists, it's very subjective, right? So because it's a, it's a work of art that they're putting together. So sometimes, you know, and also artists are very, you know, emotional because it's their baby. And I understand that. Um, but sometimes it's not about if you like something, it's just like, what's the reaction? And the only in the music industry, the only tool we have is really analytics, right? Are people responding to this the way we know is, are they listening to it? How much are they listening to it? And that's why streams and numbers are important. And that's what we use. So, so for me, um, it's something that I've learned along the way. Artists are going to get emotional about their music, but at the end of the day, the numbers are going to speak for themselves because that's the only real data that we have in the music industry. Um, so, so art, I try to teach that to artists, like, just look at the numbers. The numbers are telling, are people reacting to, reacting to this in a positive or negative way? And it doesn't matter how much you love a song or how much you hate a song, but what matters is how like the people are responding, the fans are responding. And then, so we kind of look at data to, to guide us on that. It's like, if people are not listening to the song, they're not listening to it for a reason. Um, maybe it's not as good as you thought. And it's a hard thing to tell an artist, but it's about being honest and managing expectations. And that's the only way to really do it. And, you know, we have data to back it up. So. Yeah, that's a really, really interesting um, aspect, I think, of what you do and and unique in some ways. Um, but, you know, probably every entrepreneur falls in love with things that they create, their business concept or their product. Uh, but I think I, 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 I truly uh, think the field that you're in uh, with artists is, 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 is a challenging one for that in that regard. My mom was an artist, a painter, and, um, you know, it, she uh, often said, you know, the, the art that she did that she loved the most was not what was necessarily the most marketable of what she did. So it, you know, it, it makes it very difficult and artists do, um, you know, it, that that would be a challenge. So I'm sure that's something you've had to learn and uh, learn to deal with. And but again, I think many entrepreneurs fall in love with what they are doing, and that leads them to not make changes when they need to from a business perspective. And so having somebody like you who can guide and and you know it is about data, and the data can tell you a lot. And and you know, back to what we were talking about earlier, the fact that we have all this technology, it's much easier to get all of that data now as well. Uh, it's not just about all the ticket sales to a concert, right? Absolutely. We were, um, we were discussing this the other day, you know, like one, like once when Motown first started, right, you have to be the best of the best in your city, in your town to make enough noise for the right people to notice, to buy you studio time, to invest in you, right? And now we kind of, with technology, we kind of cut that whole thing out where like anybody and anybody can upload music into the world. Um, so there is a lot of noise to cut through. So sometimes having those open and honest conversations and then looking at the data to see it's like, okay, this might be your favorite song or you think this is a hit, but the numbers are telling us a different story and having those open conversations, that's what really, that's the interesting part of this job because, you know, 
if you work at a bank or something, right, it's pretty black or white, like what you're doing, right? Like does the balance sheet balance? Great. Okay. You did your job. <laughs> On the other hand with us, it's like, you know, we could be doing everything we can at, at our disposal, but if people don't resonate with the music, you know, it's kind of like, that's all we can do. We can just put it in front of people and let the people decide if it's, if it's a good song or not. And it's just um, with the art the artist perspective is like, you can make music that you love and the music is for you. And then if somebody likes it, great. Or you can make music that's more commercial and then, you know, you're going to get a bigger, you know, exposure on it. Um, so those are decisions that we have to make. What kind of artist do you want to be? Do you want to be an artist that's a commercial success? And just do whatever you think is going to work for for the masses or do you want to just make music for you and then whoever happens to listen to it have you know that's great um and then it comes to a matter of like are you going to be able to make a living doing this thing right uh for an artist and that's our goal too we want the artist to be able to make a living off their art so our job is to help them navigate that to see like if we change these things you're going to be making a better living than if you were to take this path and whatnot yeah, I'm sure over the years you've really started to learn, you've started to get to the point where you can recognize somewhat what's going to work and what's not going to work. Um, do you, is, the process, uh, is the process now one where you do test it, really? You test new music? I mean, because it used to be that you would put it on the radio way back in the day, you know, and if, and if it got played a bunch, uh, you know, you knew you had something successful. Is, is it now tested basically on social media? Is that yep. how it's done? Yeah, we, you know, we release, you know, clips and teasers on social media, especially these past couple of years on TikTok and see kind of what trends, what, you know, what people are gravitating to, see how people react. Um, that's a good way of doing it. There's, you know, we still have focus groups where we play the music before it comes out and just get, you know, people that are, you know, the demographic, you know, get their feedback and like, hey, should we change this hook or should we change this? Do you like this lyric? Um, all those type of things just to see. Obviously, not everybody's 100% right all the time. Otherwise, everybody would predict the song ahead every, you know, all the time. Um, but it's the majority of the data is skewed in one way or another, then it gives you a better chance. And, and that's the thing too, because there are so many songs released a day, you wanna give your artist the best possible chance at succeeding. So you wanna do everything at your disposal to be able to do that. Um, so that's why we use the data to be like, and, and you know, data is not subjective. So, but if it's telling us these many people are listening to it and liking it, well, then most likely it's gonna happen. Um, so that's, that's kind of why we use it. Yeah. Well, it's really fascinating and I, I love what you're, you're doing and the, uh, it's exciting to see your success. You've been doing this now for 10 years and you mentioned that, or 11, I guess, uh, you mentioned that, um, um, you, you really, um, or has it been, it's been a while anyway, you've been doing this and, um, uh, you, you mentioned that you didn't really have a plan when you started, but I'm curious about what you expect the next, um, you know, the next five to 10 years for uh, the JV agency to look like, you know, so far you haven't taken any of those other job offers and you're still focused on, on your agency. So what, what are you thinking about for the future? Where, where's it headed, your industry and what you're going to do in it? Yeah, our, our industry is quite interesting just because the technology keeps changing what we do as an industry as a whole. Um, you know, of course, it started with Napster and now Spotify, now TikTok. 
So that's always ever changing, which is great, but it also makes it hard to plan uh, because right now, for example, everybody's focus is on TikTok, yet we have the government trying to shut TikTok down, right? So like, what if that were to happen? What all the people that have been spending all this time trying to build up their TikTok profiles, what if that gets taken away from them, right? So you can plan so much, but there's also all these outside factors that we don't know, just like we were talking about when COVID happened, right? The in-person thing was taken away from us and we have to pivot. So, so my plan is, you know, to continue to grow our roster, our team, you know, as much as possible. We love to help, you know, when we hear an artist that we really like and believe we want to help them out. Um, so I'd love to continue to do that as much as possible, whether they're up and coming or, or a known artist. Um, so I just like to continue to grow that as much as I can, um, as long as, you know, we can with the technology and how I have to work with as a, as a whole in the industry. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping to grow that. I'm not planning on, on changing jobs anytime soon. Uh, you know, so, so we'll, we'll see where that takes us, but yeah, that's kind of the plan in the next five years just to continue to grow year over year. Like we have been. So, uh, I mentioned that my mom was an artist and I've always had a passion for, encouraging artists um, to consider some entrepreneurship education, because at the end of the day, they, most of them become entrepreneurial in some way. Uh, you know, the whole gig economy really came from the term, you know, that, uh, that, uh, that musicians have used for many years. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm always encouraging, um, you know, students that come through to, to study a little bit of entrepreneurship, at least, um, along with their, uh, creative studies. And so, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of our listeners are students, a lot of them are entrepreneurs. And I always like to ask our audience what one piece of advice they might give our listeners. So kind of knowing that you might have some, um, creatives out there, as well as some, you know, other practicing and nascent entrepreneurs, you know, what, what advice would you, one, one piece of advice, you've already given us a lot of great, I think, things to think about, but what, what, what one piece of advice would you leave with our listeners? I would definitely say always try the thing you're not sure if you should try, uh, because if you don't try it, you'll regret it. At least if you try to, you know, if you like it or don't like it or whatever the situation is, uh, at least you have an, an answer, right? Like if you tried it and things went one way versus another, you'll know. If you don't even give it a try, you'll regret it and always like wonder what if or what would, ha what would happen if I hadn't done this or if I'd done that. Um, so always kind of like keeping that in mind, like just try it, see what happens. You'll have an answer either way. Um, so I always like to encourage people to just try things. Um, so at least, you know, for yourself and, you know, we always ask people's advice, like, Oh, do you think I should do this? Do you think I should do that? But you won't, as you can ask a million people, but you won't really know until you actually go for it and try it yourself. That's, that's great advice. And, uh, if you want to be successful, you have to step out, right. And take a little bit of risk. And, and thankfully there are people like you that can help artists, um, you know, test what they're interested in. So, very, very fun talking to you, Jasmine, and I wish you and the JV Agency lots of success. And where can our listeners uh, find out more about your company and, and maybe connect with you? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, if any students are are listening or anybody, we we also do like internships. Um, you know, focus on the music industry. So everything's at our website at jvagency.co um, or on Instagram at jvagency uh, that they can find us there. And if you want to reach me directly, you can find me on Instagram at DJ Jazzy. Um, I check my DMs, so feel free to send me a message, and I'm happy to to talk and answer any questions. Thank you again, Jasmine. It's been fun talking to you. Same here. This was great. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about entrepreneurship, we would love it if you hit that subscribe button. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of InFactor.